All right, guys, on today's episode, we talk Pam and Tommy. Obi-Wan is officially dropping in May. Mandalorian Season 2.5 is on fire, and we finish our live long and rewatch with Star Trek Beyond. Here we go. Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Doing well, man. Doing great. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. So happy to be potting with you guys. Lots to talk about tonight. Before we dive into our amazing episode, we need you guys, the listeners, to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nord East Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from. Get the Nord East Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. We thank Can you. you. Imagine free podcast content right to you. And you don't even have to feel weirdly guilty about supporting us. Well, well, you could feel weird about supporting us, just not guilty. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Of course. All right, guys. What are you guys drinking tonight? I'm drinking uh, Scaffold, the hazy IPA from our friends uh-huh. over at Fair State. It's delicious. The right amount of dankness. That's what it says on the can. Um, I like this one. All right. I think I've done this one before on here. This is the Plowable Snow from Junkyard. It's They just call it a crispy beer, and that's what it is. I'm enjoying it. I like that. Crispy and silky are my two favorite ways to describe beers. They're one or the other. They really can't be both. No. And if it doesn't fall into either category, it's not for you. It's no. probably trash beer. When they say it's malty, I'm like, Meh. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want that. <laughs> this is a very malt forward beer. No. Um, I'm at, haven't been here in a while because they make a lot of malty beers, but uh, Utapils. Oh, wow. They're Tall Tales IPA. This is a perfect second four pack. Really? It's pretty drinkable. Uh, 6.8 ABV. It's not the best IPA you're going to have, for sure, but it's 10 bucks for yeah. four beers. I mean, you can't beat that. And it I tastes remember, like an IPA. It drinks like an IPA. I think it's pretty good. I just remember when we had Dan Justison on the pod, and we want to thank him for doing that, but he did mention off the air when he was like, yeah, you know, my goal would probably be to sell <laughs> sell to a conglomerate <laughs> as soon as I can. And we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. Keep trying, though, bud. Keep trying, man. AB and Bev, they'll hit you up well, eventually. Him and uh, him and like his one other brewer like run the whole operation. Yeah, it was pretty insane. Yeah, that was a weird. That was a weird one. But we it's also hard people. That was a weirder one. But you know, it, it's a great spot, and there isn't a lot of breweries in that area, so it's nice for. The, it's like a good neighborhood brewery. It's also hard to brew beer when you're like going on like beer trips to Germany, like every quarter <laughs> right, you yeah. know i bet they don't do as many of those anymore all right guys so let's move on to our starting lineup it's gonna be heavy on the football chatter this week oh i'm sorry Ryan. what which pot are we doing oh man what am i doing <laughs> <laughs> I, I was. Bet it's gonna be heavy on uh, tv and movies though i was just i was just typing something into our sports thing and that's why I had it up there. And so. your brain was just like... We just spent an hour and a half doing, like, really aimless production meetings. <laughs> All right. Everyone who just was, like, about to shut this off but isn't because we're going to talk about screen stuff. We're going to start with yeah. Jim's most anticipated show of the year, Obi-Wan. It's dropping in May. Holy oh, my shit. God. It's coming in hot. That's right around the corner. This, um... You know how, like, these Star Wars shows, how they have good episodes and bad episodes... Yeah. And when it's bad, it's like really boring. And when it's good, it's a fucking electric, must see, uh, can't miss world building Star Wars. I think this is going to be all of that fucking. And plus, it's Ewan McGregor, who is like, 
a magnetic personality, has some charisma, can capture a scene. So I'm so excited. I can't believe it's already coming in May. And Ewan McGregor out from underneath the George Lucas writing thumb, like might actually get to like give Obi-Wan some substance here. God. Uh, Dude, I he did all that with Obi-Wan with George's writing, which was horrible. Yeah. All like his, for so much, 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 he was just sidelined to being like, Anakin, that's not how the Jedi do it. We yeah. need to be level headed. It's like, dude, that is not what he needed to be doing. So I'm excited. Well, and how many times did he bust out the, the that's not the way we do it, my young Padawan learner? Yeah. Like, just <laughs> condescending as shit. No wonder Anakin had a complex. No kidding. So we get to see the real character. I can't wait. I loved all of that. I just loved it. I liked your, <laughs> I loved your your uh, impressions so much. Are you in impressions? Dude, well, we'll work those in more often then. Dude, your impression was dead on. Dead. Well, it was spontaneous. On. I can't recreate it. So we'll have to, hey, when the show's on, just imagine how good I'm going to be then. Watching yeah, an hour. Exactly. I might watch each, each episode three times. So think about how good I'll be. Do you, okay. But let's, okay. Let's be honest. Let's do an honest assessment here. Do you think you're going to be getting Mandalorian Plus or Mandalorian Light in terms of the uh, TV I'm show? I'm going to be getting Obi-Wan Plus, which is 10 times better than Mando. No, but this be is serious. going to be, be serious. No, you, I am. Really, okay. Yeah. You're not My being hyperbolic. My expectations for this show are the highest of any TV show I've ever been excited for. And if it doesn't meet those, it's a disappointment. Okay. I'm being serious. No, I, I. you're not being hyperbolic here. Like you're being... Uh, well, you know, I'm being... Um, little bit not hyperbolic content. i'm being serious like, like there's no reason content, this can't be the greatest yeah. tv show at least for me and for a lot of other people okay uh let's stick with uh disney plus i'm really excited about that show too and disney plus is uh really rich and has lots of properties just gonna pummel us with good shows and maybe bad shows uh they're they've announced that they've ordered up a 10 episode live action goosebumps I, i'm not saying that we're gonna watch this or this is for us but i just thought it was a nice little nostalgia thing Going mm-hmm. back to our youth when Goosebumps was a pretty big thing. Um, if it's anything like Are You Afraid of the Dark, this generation of kids is going to be flat out terrified. I <laughs> never For read real. one never read one single sentence from any Goosebumps book. Did you read Choose Your Own Adventure books? Yeah. Were you a boxcar children guy? Uh, I read a couple of them. I was more Matt Party Christopher. Mark, Matt Christopher. Just, type. Just the late 60s ones, though. They, yeah. they really fell off early 70s. Uh, what's a something Archie and Veronica was probably my favorite. Um, you know, Family Circus when they start when they started printing those comics in color, that's when it really started to slide. Wow, that's really you know took I mean? a, the world really yeah. came alive for you then. All right, keeping it Disney Plus, Andor will start filming its second season this summer, and we Today haven't I, seen season one, right? We haven't even announced a date for season one yet. Okay. I was but like, uh, Today I learned Andor has a first season. Yeah, but it's it's um. Diego Luna and right. Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. And we'll definitely get Amelia Clark in that one, I think. Yeah. I think that you're going to get a lot of Amelia Clark in the next show, even like the next episode of Boba. No. Um, but, yeah, Andor, I mean, they must feel really confident in it uh, as they've already renewed it and they have plans to start making the next season before we even have a release date for the first season. Yeah, I think that they know how to make a show that's, that is going to be captivating to people, and they know when they're not. Um, but they just know that people are invested enough that they'll watch three bad episodes of a show knowing now the formula is that, dude, we're going to hit people with three incredible episodes at the end and bring in all these fan favorite characters and expand the story like all of a sudden huge. And then that's all people will remember about Boba 
is these yeah, last three episodes. Yeah, they're kind of they, like that. They they hold on real quick. That they literally showed. They showed every character possible except for Boba Fett. Like they yeah. they, they included and it everything. Was the best. Yeah, no kidding. I, I think that like their new strategy is like, hey guys, we've got to do some like important storytelling that's like kind of like eating your vegetables. Um, but don't worry, like there's like three or three rounds of dessert at the end of like yeah. they're just pumping you with good stuff at the end. They could do this for eternity and like just make all the money forever. So the um, book of Boba Fett was like the salad bar at Fogo de Chon, right? Yeah, they were kind of like, like, hey, like, oh, yeah. here's some bread and some bamboo shoots. And you're like, yeah. uh can I get the sirloin? Can I get the steak, <laughs> the lamb chops? Like, you know what I mean? Like, give me the good stuff. Um, so sticking with Disney Plus, all this Disney Plus stuff is good. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones is going to star in a National Treasure Disney Plus series. Eric? I used to think Catherine Zeta-Jones was just the hottest woman I've ever laid eyes on. Um, and that's all I have to comment about this, actually. Wow. That's the extent of my analysis. I couldn't care less about a National Treasure series. I feel... I feel the same way about it as, uh, what was it, Eric, the lost symbol on Peacock. It would take a mountain of Mm. people telling me it's good to even consider watching it. Yeah, I think this is probably going to be really bad. Um, I think, honestly, one of the appeals of that series was wild-ass Nick Cage. And just that he's like, you never know how he's going to approach a scene. Could be a scene very straightforward, like walk in this door, address this character, and then sneak through the back. And he comes in just fucking guns blazing. Energy at a 10 for no reason. I like that. And Catherine Zeta, while she did somehow give Michael Douglas throat cancer with her vagina, that is cool. But I don't think she's really the star power that we're looking for here. I think this is going to be terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's probably terrible. a skipper. Um, okay. Keeping <laughs> it Disney Plus. Keeping it Disney Plus. Beauty and the Beast. Prequel show. Coming to Disney Plus. Starring Rita Ora, Luke Evans, and Josh Gad. Does this do anything for you? No. <clears throat> no. It's no. not at all. Like a musical show. I'm anti Josh Gad. Really? Why? What's wrong with Josh Gad? He's funny. Rubs me the, rubs me the wrong way. Is he funny? Don't don't find him is funny. He though? Yeah, I mean that's a good point. Is he funny? I, I guess I should really. I actually think he's not funny. I would um, agree. I think, I think he's talented, but like, um, I, I guess this is gonna this is gonna rub some people the wrong way here. I, I guess I don't find myself very drawn to like um to like the theater stuff in TV and movies yeah. um, or a musical. I, I just. It's just not for me. And I fully understand all the people that it is for. And And I think he got his start as like kind of the pathetic like friend on um, Book of Mormon. Wasn't that his first big role? Book of of Mormon? The kind of like fat, pathetic friend that wanted to like have sex with the like the better looking older Mormon. I don't remember that. Remember that? that Okay. I think that's what he started out as. So, um, I mean, obviously funny. I guess you're right. He doesn't save it for sure. Um, So you're going to get Gaston... And then is Rita Ora then going to play a younger version? Of... No, she's going to be like a like a, a thief or something. Okay, so this is not Belle. No. All right, man. Who cares? Like, is there no beast in it? If there's no Probably beauty, not. no beast. Like, what is this? Why don't you just call it Gaston then? Well, yeah, it's yeah, not Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, exactly. And Gaston, why are we cheering for him? He's like pretty rapey. Oh, he's very. He's horrible. Wow. I don't like him. He makes me real long. I mean, I know he's a villain, so I guess he's supposed to. Like I mean, anybody that can eat four dozen eggs, something wrong with him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Looking back, his character of LeFou is pretty much the exact same character he played on Broadway in Book of Mormon then. Like, really <laughs> wants to, like, tag along and bang the, the better-looking Gaston. <clears throat> um. All right. Uh, also, sick in Disney Plus, Loki Season 2 starts filming this summer as well. We love Loki. I think it's the best. Uh, it's I think it's the best Disney Plus show that they've done. 
better than Mandalorian? Yeah. Um, I would agree. As a, I mean, if you take all a, the moments from season one and two of of um, Mando and put them all together, maybe it's as cool as what we saw in, se- in one season of Loki. But, dude, that was just incredible. That was, like, cinematic. Every single episode was, like, a, a piece of a movie. It was really, really strong. So I'm psyched on this. I'm excited. Uh, I think it was just the star power of it, too. Um, I, I also loved the casting of my favorite actor of all time, greatest actor in the whole world, would play me in my biopic, Owen. Pedro mm-hmm. Pascal. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes. Um, so I loved that casting. I thought he was so perfect for the MCU, actually. Um, yeah, I, I'm really excited about this. I thought season one was beautiful. One of the best shows of the last one. I think that in, in 10 years, Ben Affleck could play a 30-year-old version of you. How do you like that? Ben Affleck is 55 he should play a 30 year old version of you and it would be pretty good pretty close terrible he looks so bad now (laughs) no he doesn't he's dating J-Lo he looks great he's sober he looks give him 10 years though is what I'm saying give him 10 more years okay I like that I guess all right um we're we're kind of moving away from Disney plus I think but there's some news about uh no Way Home and where it's headed. What do we know about No Way Home? Should we guess? Yeah, I want you guys to guess. So sometimes we just think, hey, another MCU movie, right? And then things remind you that this is not just an MCU movie. It's a weird Sony mashup with MCU you know, input, and it's a joint release. And I want you guys to get, you get two guesses each to name the streaming service that this is going to appear on when it comes to, you know, free streaming. I'm going to go with, no Way uh, Home. I'm gonna go with Paramount Plus. Wrong. Okay. Ryan, Show take t- your guess. Showtime. I like that you're reaching for randomness. Wrong. The only, I know Eric. that because the only reason I'm going that way is because you wouldn't be asking this question if it was one of the obvious ones. Right, exactly. And you're still not getting it yet. So, Eric, you get one more. What'd you say? Peacock. N- g- n- solid guess. Wrong. Right. No Last guess. Up, uh, if it wasn't Showtime, it's got to be like Stars or Epics. Nailed or it. Something like that. Nailed it. You, you no got way. It no, yeah, Stars? <laughs> Yes, they're going to get exclusive streaming rights to the one of the biggest franchise blockbusters of all time is going to go to stars. You've got to so, be kidding me. Yeah. So go check it out in theaters while you still get a chance because they're going to hold on to it for months. And then I suppose eventually it will go to, I don't even know, because I, I remember when we got to our Marvel rewatch, we had trouble with the Spider-Man movie. It's not just going to go to Disney I, I Plus like you'd expect. I, so Number one. They're not on yeah. Disney Plus at all. No. Yeah, I guess not. So um. Okay, well, keeping it Spider-Man and keeping it Sony, uh, Dakota Johnson is going to star in a Sony Spider-Man spinoff called Met Madame Web. Okay. I mean, it's going to suck, right? What? I mean, I don't want to just say that because, like, you'd like to think, okay, you got a female-led, you know, superhero movie, but then you remember, all right, this is that Sony-only, Sony-only part of the Spider-Verse, which sucks. And, like, the character is, like, if you looked up what she, her, her deal is supposed to be, she's, like, um... I think it's she like, has a dis- like she's a disabled someone? elderly woman who's blind. I thought she was and like her- submissive to like a, a weird psycho billionaire guy. Isn't that her? She's maybe. No, isn't that her? Ma- oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Fifty Shades of Grey, isn't she? That, that is. is. And that's a, you could probably also call her a madame in that. But um, no. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just I'm not that excited about this character. And Dakota Johnson doesn't do that much for me. And the universe doesn't. So I just don't don't care too much. Yet. Yeah, I, I don't care at all. Okay, um, lots of other things to go through here. Uh, the Drop, uh, I'm sorry, The Dropout. It's a trailer on Hulu. It's about the woman who started that weird company and is like in jail now. Yeah, 
Did you guys watch the documentary about Elizabeth Holmes? No, I'm really bored with this story to be with you. Really? I think yeah. if you watched the documentary, you'd be a little bit more into it. Just like the panic that she must have felt as like she, the lies upon lies built on lies and the money came in hundreds of millions of dollars valued at a billion dollars and there was no actual product and it was all smokescreen. Um, it was a really fascinating documentary. That's why like the documentary was so good about this company that I'm kind of like, do I really care that much about seeing it dramatized now and played by yeah. Amanda Seyfried or not? You guys are just both out on it. I think, I think based on your description, I would rather watch the documentary. Yeah. Then so like I'll, some... I'll, I'll probably check it out. Um, I think the story is is fascinating. I mean, this Elizabeth Holmes like captivated so many people thought, hey, these, you know, this young generation is going to come up and change healthcare as we know it. And it just, it was mostly fake. I mean, like there was some tech there, but it was not what they said it was. And they would lie to investors. And that's why she's literally in prison right now. I mean, it's Enron. And she's so weird. And she's such a weird person. I mean, she has like, She's weird looking. She's got a crazy voice. Like the whole thing is is very fascinating. Um, and it's like Amanda Seyfried looks like she does a great job capturing it. So um, I'm sure I'll watch it. I'll check in with you guys. Let you know what, what I'm thinking. But well, you're invested. In, you're invested in the story now. And I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and counterpoint myself because I've realized a couple examples of where like if you watched a documentary on like the 2000 whatever financial crisis, you know, 2007. No, no, no or 2012, whatever it was. Sorry, there's been so many. We've been through many of them, yeah. Um, Whatever it was, um, 2007. Anyway, um, like shows or movies like The Big Short or Margin Call, um, when, you know, big banks started to unload all of these like mortgage-backed securities and like basically caused the entire domino, you know, the house of cards to tip over. Those are much better than listening to like, uh, you know, random individuals talk about how, Oh, well, I saw this coming 40 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, this, so mm-hmm. I, I, maybe the, maybe the show will depict it in a much uh, less stale way. I don't know. Maybe the, yeah. maybe the documentary was really good too, but um, I don't know. I, uh, I, I think they both might be worth watching. We'll see. It's going to go come to Hulu, I think. So I'll, I'll have it. I'm sure I'll queue it up. And just real quick. What was the, what was the name of the documentary? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's called like the, um, the entrepreneur or something like that. I, okay. I'm sure you could like look up Elizabeth Holmes doc or something and find it pretty quick. But I think it was on HBO Max. On Netflix uh, called The Inventor. The Inventor. There you go. Yeah. She didn't invent shit, turns out. (laughs) Yeah, it's an ironic title. So the title belt holder, best show on TV, Euphoria is renewed for season three on HBO Max, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. What an episode, Ryan. We like to watch it Sunday nights and text and be like, holy fuck, that was intense. Yeah. I mean, and this one was just like Zendaya going right for the Golden Globe by the throat. And I think she she managed to get it. I couldn't agree more. Uh, it's, let me just, uh, Eric, I don't know if this is on the list as like a subtext. Um, the the group D.A.R.E., which a lot of us grew up with, the Drug Abuse, to, uh, drug abuse Resistance Education Program, um, is like, for some odd reason, calling out Euphoria so as... Like, around? <laughs> apparently. After failing miserably, yeah. Apparently. But, like, they're calling out Euphoria for, like, glamorizing drug use? Um, if you watched, uh, what was this, season two, episode four? Is that right, Jimbo? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's nothing glamorous about any of it whatsoever. Right. And I'm trying to keep it spoiler-free. But, like, if you watch that episode, you would not think, 
boy, I would love to get addicted to pills. Right. Um, as opposed to like the cop who came to my school in fourth grade and was like, now cocaine will make you super happy. Yeah. But it's bad for you. <laughs> like <laughs> you can usually get it wherever people are drinking. You go to a bar and ask the bartender, they might be able to help you out. I don't know. It's yeah. everywhere. Let me tell you. Do you want and to it's feel, actually pretty cheap, cheaper you, than you think. Do you want to feel you better a couple about lawns and hook yourself up? Feel better about everything in life. Do a couple lines of cocaine, but it's bad for you. Yeah. Like that, thanks. Thanks, Sheriff Joe. Um, they educated. All right. They definitely educated the hell out of us when it came to drugs. They told us everything the, we needed to know. The euphoria being renewed for season three is the biggest no brainer in the history of HBO Max short of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Ooh, I like that take. Yeah. It's a great, great, great show. Um, just absolutely brilliant hard to watch at times but always worth it i mean this was like this was like um red wedding level episode where you're just like i don't or maybe like maybe the last 45 minutes of uncut gems something like Ooh. that where where you're yeah. just like god this is just going and just stop slow down and it doesn't yeah. and it's just fantastic and uncomfortable yeah. and good it makes you feel like time. you're strung out like you're just desperate like she was in this episode so and just well crazy. since we're probably let's not talk about it during like what did we watch last thing on this was i i don't know if you watched it jibbo the the commentary from like the creator after the like the inside look at the episode it took them a month to film that wow. 45 minute episode um and then like his comment of like this is like this episode is deeply seated in some things that i went through like wow as as a, a former drug addict so um you definitely feel Zendaya that. does a really good job of on social media before an episode airs like reaching out to she has all these young fans and telling them like either don't watch or watch with discretion or know what i was going through at the time and I, actually <clears throat> when i was watching this episode i told jess i'm like dude this is like the 17th set that they've been on like i was like this must have been insane to film because <clears throat> she's going like, you know, place to place, house to house, like in all these different actors and situations and settings, like it's just a manic episode. And I, I figured it must have been like intense as fuck and expensive. I mean, they had like so many sets. Well, think, so, they, they literally had like almost every former cast member in the show, essentially. And it took them one month of an entire month to film like Rue running around town, you know, crazy, insane. All right. Guys, gotta, so, gotta... Sorry, sorry, Eric. Yeah, you guys you guys got a little off track there. That's okay, because I'm going to bring us right back on track with the most important thing we have to talk about today, and that is um, a new category at this year's Razzie. Oh. <laughs> That's important. There's a special category this year. It's the most brutal category of all time. It's worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie. Because <laughs> And there's like five nominees? Or I was going to say, how many movies was he in? Bruce Willis in American Siege, Bruce Willis in Apex, mm -hmm. Bruce Willis in Cosmic Sin, Bruce Willis in Deadlock, Bruce Willis in Fortress, Bruce Willis in Midnight in the Switchgrass, Bruce Willis in Out of Death, and Bruce Willis in Survive the Game. That's eight wow. movies that are up. I can't believe he works that much, and he just is Willis that bad. I tried to watch Apex, and it was so, so bad. I can't even imagine the ones that didn't even bubble up high enough for me to try them. There's no way he makes more than $25,000 per film for those, right? <laughs> I mean, there's no way. I can't believe he's that pathetic at this point. Like, what I the fuck? I can't believe he needs money that badly. Yeah, that's a good point, too, that he's working all the time on, like, these demanding action movies that nobody's going to watch. 
That's really sad. What the fuck happened to him? Says, the, um, says yeah. the guy who watches every Nick Cage movie that's come out in the last five years. This is, he's in his Nick Cage Renaissance, dude. He's coming <laughs> back. These are these are essential films. Pig right. is going to get nominated for some stuff. Let's go. Next up, guys. Uh, Netflix is making uh, that '70s show spinoff called That '90s Show, which will focus on Eric's daughter. Ugh. They tried this, and they tried to make that '80s Show on oh, TV. Yeah. And this is going to flop. This is going to do about as well as How I Met Your Father, you know, or <laughs> like whatever. Like that's that's this category. I think that this is going to be worth one watch. Just to see? Yeah. I mean, as a lot of people that they're aiming for here are going to be 90s kids, it's going to be just a nostalgia, you know, thing. It's probably going to be awful, but I'm hoping. I think the, the weirdest thing about it is that we actually, like when that 70s show came out, it's a about as much time since the 90s now, right? Like, there's that same the same gap. Yeah, isn't that scary? Which is fucking, means we're old, which isn't cool, so let's move on. I didn't hear about any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. All right, uh, next up, uh, everyone's favorite podcaster, Joe Rogan, is some hot water. After it came out that he used the N-word and described getting out of a vehicle in a predominantly black neighborhood as being in the planet of the apes. Um, but that's not. Made, but he didn't mean it in a racist way. Uh, <laughs> this me- meant that Spotify took down six percent of his episodes um, without warning or without any reason why. And Joe Rogan is in some hot water. The Joe Bros are all um, standing up to stand next to their leader and hero, um, even mm-hmm. when he does something wrong. Uh, he's come out and apologized and said that he didn't mean it in the ways that he did. Now I feel a little bit. Uh, conflicted about this, okay? Because mm. I do feel like um, in our world now, um, we we don't allow people to apologize. And I think a lot of times the answer for doing something bad is a heartfelt apology. And, you know, eating crow a little bit and having to be embarrassed and know you were wrong and having to learn from mistakes. And I think that we're so quick to want to everyone to be fired and everyone to be destroyed and everyone to disappear and everyone to be held accountable that sometimes we we forget that we all make mistakes. Some of them are terrible and some of them are, are really bad. But also, I think that Joe Rogan has been towing this line for some time now as he's moved further and further and further to the political right and his um, crowd has as well. And I do think that the standards that you need to be held to when you are making $100 million a year to make a, the most popular podcast in the world um, are pretty high. And we can't have people making mistakes that are this terrible. So um, I, I am not here to pick a side, but I do think that um, Joe Rogan saying inappropriate things and a bunch of like white, white males, like defending him to the death about every one of them is getting a little. Old. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I agree with you to a certain extent, um, except for like repeat offender, like, uh, you know, how, how much were we on James Gunn's side when that whole thing came out of like his tweets from 2011, you know, or whatever. And we were like, come on. Yeah. He was, he was trying to be funny, but you know, we collectively kind of hate Joe Rogan. And so we're like, Oh God, see, look, we knew it. We knew it. He's racist. He's trying to, you know, kind of like Eric says, like he's trying to see it, but like his, those comments were from many years ago um, when, when things were certainly different in terms of what you could say on a podcast. So, you know, if we're going to allow James Gunn to make inappropriate content, then we should allow Joe to make that inappropriate content and apologize. Right. And, and Mm -hmm. I, I agree. Um, 
I will say the other side of the coin is PR companies know this as well and got really good at issuing public apologies and you know trying to say all the right things and it never felt genuine. And I've never felt like any of Joe Rogan's apologies are genuine. I feel like yeah. it's him just coming out and being like, I know there's a shit storm and stuff and, and like, I know this sounds bad, but I didn't mean it that way. It's like, dude, you literally called getting out in a neighborhood of black people, Planet of the Apes, dude. Like, uh, that, that's yeah. indefensible. It's indefensible. No, I mean, he did say that that is racist and that he was trying to be funny and that he was sorry. But he so before this compilation of older stuff came out that somebody released and, you know, anybody could have found this at any time. It was public domain. Someone just took the time to put it together and it was damning when it was all together. I mean, dude, it was just nonstop, like just like clearly enjoying using the N word because he wasn't saying it. He was talking about the word or whatever it was. Right. I mean, that was horrible. But before before that, with the misinformation stuff where he, you know, he did his like apology to I thought that that video was actually pretty good where he was like, you know, people only talk about the the misinformation stuff where they don't agree with. But, you know, I would have somebody on the next week. Literally, I had like he had that guy who's that um, like virology expert from the U of M that is has been a huge expert mm-hmm. and everybody's agreed with he's, anything, But yeah. Okay. Well, I felt like it was close, but anyways, like he had that guy on right after and then they cleared stuff up and I get that. I thought he did a pretty good job, but the fact is, is that all of this is just sort of benefiting him anyways. And he doesn't really have any reason to change because Spotify clearly supports him. His audience has moved right along with him. Like you said, Eric, and they don't care if it's, they, they like that, that alternate information. Let's call it alternate information because that's how they view it, right? Like this is information you can only get from DuckDuckGo. You don't find this on Google, <laughs> you know. Uh, they love that shit, and so he's going to keep playing that up. I just think he's not just because he's rich doesn't mean he's smart. I think he's very talented at being a TV personality, but he he's not a comedian to me. So he doesn't really get the pass of like this is this is comedy. It's art. You know, it's it's self-expression. This is his personality that we're sort of this being inflicted on us. Um, I thought his first apology about the misinformation was okay. I don't really know how you really explain the rest of it, the racism stuff. Like, that's just, it's kind of bad. I know he's not going anywhere. He's not being canceled, even though all these comedians, you know, and it sucks. Like, a lot of people I like are coming out and being like, I stand with Joe. And it's like, you don't really have to do that. He's making $100 million. He's not going anywhere. You don't need to, like, alienate a bunch of your audience for this. And he was saying those things when he didn't have a large audience. So he didn't think anybody was going to yeah. hear it. So that's like, yeah. what are you, what are you, well, say, what are you saying in the, in the room with just your friends? Right. Well, right. Of course it's horrible. I mean, you just have to assume. And I've known people that, that are absolutely like that. Just say horrible things as soon as the, the right group's in there and you're just like, wow. Yeah. I knew this person was a piece of shit. Um, yeah, it sucks. I mean, he's not going anywhere. I, I want to respect artistic expression and all that, but it's not, it's just not good. Just not good for people. But I also like, if somebody gave me a button right now and it said like, cancel Joe Rogan and take him away forever or leave him, you know, leave him up. I think I would have to leave him up because I just don't think it's right. Like Eric said. So not because I'm going to go listen to it, but just because that's wrong, wrong thing to do. All right. Uh, next up, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. will get a Super Bowl teaser. Uh, this weekend. Pretty excited about seeing that. Uh, this show is a must hit for Amazon. Uh, so I'm excited to see what they are going to put out there. Ryan, any guesses on what they might show in this trailer? 
I would say very little. Number one, because Super Bowl spots are very expensive. Um, not that Amazon distinctly cares about that. I think it's going to be a minute and a half. I think it's going to be 30 seconds at most. Okay. And I think it's going to be a little bit of like uh, partially with maybe like the, the, you know, the rings of power getting made. And then like they'll show a handful of characters briefly. But I don't okay. I don't think we're going to get the big two and a half minute, you know, ordeal. But I think that will come shortly after because they've okay. got a like for some reason, Wheel of Time was like such a big hit, which I don't understand. Like it was one of the most it was, it was one of the most like stream shows of 2021. Insane. Wow. Like insane numbers. I finished it and I didn't enjoy it. Um, and so I think that they got to get the momentum going for this, like while the iron's hot, you know, um, like we, Hey, hey hmm. everybody look over here. We can make a fantasy show. We're going to do another one. Um, yeah. so I think we'll get a non Super Bowl priced trailer shortly after we get the Super Bowl teaser of some caliber. I think, I don't, I don't know about the content. Like, I don't know about these characters. This is hundreds, thousands of years before characters that I knew about maybe, Maybe Gandalf is alive. Well, no, there's some He's characters. There's some characters that are still alive because the elves have okay. immortality. So there's a little bit of crossover. So that there. could be cool. So maybe, but I'm not even looking for a certain character. I just want it to look like a movie. Yeah, I want it to be like, damn, this looks incredible. Like you, we saw the the Halo trailer, and when I saw that, I was like, this looks like a mildly expensive TV show. Um, I don't want that for this. This needs to look like a fucking feature film blockbuster movie. And then I'll be psyched. All right, guys. Let's move on to Hot Rex and Not Rex. This week, we start with the big new show, Pam and Tommy. Jim, why should people be watching? Um, Lily James as Pamela Anderson and Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee are must-watch. They are two British actors that play American, like, vapid rock star types amazingly. Um, And then you got Seth Rogen, who's... Funny, but not like hilarious. Like the show isn't outright laugh out. It's like it's more of a drama than it is a comedy, but it's definitely lighthearted. It's just really well done. You may have to make it through some like dick puppetry, and I said that accurately in episode two. So no spoilers needed. Uh, they made a dick puppet, and it looks realistic. Um, it was a weird creative choice, but you know what? FX does that. I like that. I like that they do weird shit, and it doesn't always work. But at least it's interesting and it's something people talk about. So if you start watching that and you're like, this, what the hell is this? Just keep moving. It's not like it's like they're adding a, a you know, a fifth build character as, as Tommy Lee's dick or anything. But yeah, you're going to have to get through that part. Um, but the show is just excellent. And there's a lot to the story I didn't know. Even though I lived through this, I was probably like, God, was I like 10 or 12 or something? So I knew about it. But, um, you know, I was a little young for it, obviously. But dude, it's just... Uh, to me, it's probably like my third, third billing of like shows that I'm excited for each week now. It's it's just really, really excellent. It's on FX and Hulu. So if you have Hulu, you can watch it the, the following day on there. All right, uh, guys, we're all now enjoying Mandalorian 2.5. Yes. Yes, we are. I'm so glad Boba's over. Boba's what a over. boring show Boba was because now we got Mandalorian 2.5. Boba is going to come back at the end of this and hopefully it will be an okay moment, but um mandalorian 2.5 has been must watch television it's been complete and total fan service which has been great and every character that you wanted to meet each other pretty much has now met each other i'm sorry Mm -hmm. if i'm spoiling this for you Uh, but it is it is really fun everyone's been talking about it um just some interactions that i kind of thought we would wait years for 
um, happened uh, just in the middle of this random season. So yeah. really cool stuff. Lots of fun things to see. And uh, yeah, I just I think that this the last two episodes have been um, the reason that we want Star Wars on Disney. I also think that this is Disney and John Favreau and Dave Filoni's way of killing the aura that surrounded Boba Fett. Right? They're like, okay, you guys, all right, you wanted Boba, okay, let's we'll we'll do a Boba Fett TV show, and then they do you know, however many episodes. And they're like, and then we're going to switch to Mandalorian 2.5. You guys let us know which one you want us to keep making. If you want the Boba Fett stuff, we'll keep doing that. Or if you want us to keep going down this path with Mandal, you let you guys, mm-hmm. we'll let you, you guys decide which one's better. And I think it's so obvious that having real actors, real directors, real writers, a real story, um, a not like convoluted in your own head, because you thought this character was so much cooler than they were, um, Boba Fett, and then you get Mandel, and you're like, okay, that, you're right, that's the better story. Let's we'll stick with that one. You know, I, I do think it's crazy that this show in the past on any other network would just be the same show, right? Like they weren't telling. It would be kind of like if Game of Thrones would have came out and they would have been like on season one of Lannisters, and then it would have been like. Uh, after two seasons of Lannisters, we're going to get a season of Starks. Oh, now we're going to get a season, you know I mean? Like a Greyjoy yeah. season. Yeah. It's kind of all the same show, but this is like a different chapter of the same show kind of. I, I mean, I, the, the fact that all of their shows are going to intertwine um, is fun and it's really cool in universe building. So I guess if you just kind of think about it, like this is just another season of Star Wars on Disney Plus. It is, it's pretty fun. And I think it's a little more understandable when it feels like it's a mini series and I'm wasting my time in it a little bit. Um, I'm kind of like, well, we didn't have that many episodes. Why are we having bad ones? Yeah. 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 Um, so you know, one thing I just want to bring up that I thought was so interesting. So spoiler alert a little bit, just catch up on the show. Um, Luke is featured pretty heavily mm-hmm. in this last episode. I yeah. was like, we're still here. We're still with Luke. This is scene after scene. And I loved it. I just sat back with the biggest smile on my face, just loving it. Did How you know that? Did he look too? Well, that's the thing. He looked absolutely perfect, and he sounded perfect. And did you know that Mark Hamill had nothing to do with it? Really? It was a fake voice and a fake motion capture. So they had a different actor do the body. They did a motion capture for a, a face performance. And then they synthesized his voice by feeding all these um, books on tape and interviews and stuff that Mark Hamill had done around that time of his life when his voice sounded not like, you know, Ray, get over here with my purple milk and shit, right? Like he sounded young. <laughs> Dude, your Star Wars impressions <laughs> today are funny. That one wasn't good. But um, anyways, yeah, like, dude, even the voice was synthetic. And it, it was eerie how good it was. I mean, I was shocked. I was thrilled. Um, I can't believe Luke is making these same fucking dogmatic Jedi mistakes, but I guess he hasn't really learned his lesson yet. He's just now building the school that is ultimately going to be doomed by, by, uh, you know, young Kylo when Kylo smashes it up and, and kills half the kids and half the kids run off with them. Um, that's just starting. So he's still making baby Yoda make these decisions. Like there's, this is a binary thing. You know, we deal in absolutes. Like you need to either pick, you know, the, the, to be a foundling or to be a Jedi only the Sith deal in absolute. I know, and here we are. Here he's doing those same mistakes. So, um, but how cool were the ant bots? Oh, they were great. I mean, the whole like it's so funny. As soon as they decided to like open up the universe and make like do the the uh, Mando episode, 
now every episode is like the budget is 10 times higher and For the sure. writing is good and the act it's like i mean we got ahsoka we got everybody so um i just now all of a sudden i care so much and it's must watch and i do still get annoyed that we watched three episodes of seriously really bad tv what a waste yeah but ryan maybe you're right maybe you're like here we'll give him fucking boba here you go and it's you know yeah like Boba back, if they had done like a prequel thing for Boba, that might have been great of him. Like, dude, I'm a hardcore bounty hunter. I work for the Empire, you know, whatever. But they wanted to do stuff like this, right? They wanted it to fit in the Mandalorian timeline. And so this is what he's doing in the Mandalorian timeline. Here you go. The Sarlacc pit and after Return of the Jedi. And sometimes, you know, it's better to leave like the great parts to the imagination, right? You picture Boba Fett. You got a little bit in Attack of the Clones uh, with Django, and you know you have obviously from Empire and Return of the Jedi, but just like just leave it there, you know. Right. The more you explore it, you might not like it, and I think that's yeah. what happened with Boba Fett. And I think, and I'm and I'm speaking from like a fan's perspective, but probably also from the writers. They're like, there's not much here. Like we did the best yeah. we could with the train thing. And that was kind of cool. And then we were doing some flashbacks and eventually we just kind of ran out of steam and that makes perfect sense. It's funny. We'll move on here, but I remember when I think it was at the end of season two of Mandalorian when they had a post-credit scene and they like Boba came in and sat down or killed that guy and sat down and it was like coming soon book of Boba. I was just rolled my eyes. Yeah. I was like, that's not what the people want. No, it is, though. Like, what the Star Wars nerds want is they're like, dude, Boba Fett is such a cool character. He didn't do shit in any of the movies. And they've really tried he's to so force him. He's so underutilized. He's so underutilized. Because he's not important. Yeah. I don't care about that character. Yeah. And I still don't. They've tried so hard. I don't care about him. Um, they nailed it. Din Djarin is literally the best new thing in Star Wars for a really long time. And I care about everything he does. And Pedro Pascal has acted this thing per- to perfection. They've written him perfectly. He is the most cold character who somehow I have such an emotional connection to him and I can feel his emotions even though he never changes his voice. Yeah. It's beautifully done. Everything with him is perfect and uh, more Mandalorian, less Boba Fett. Also, shout out to Bryce Dallas Howard. and I mean, just doing a fantastic job directing compared to Robert. I mean, you want to put two directors side by side on who's good and who's not. Pretty obvious. Yeah. Let's get her a movie. All right, guys, we've got to get cruising through these next couple of hot wrecks and not wrecks. Jim, you watched Nightmare Alley on HBO and Hulu. What'd you yeah, think? dude, it's a big Guillermo del Toro movie with a huge cast. It's absolutely worth watching. It's kind of like a, it's a period piece, so I'd usually be a little bit bored. But, you know, it's Guillermo, right? So it's creepy. It's got like noir, you know, things going on. It's it's a cool story, um, kind of like uh, circus swindler shit, mysterious uh i liked it i liked it a lot i think it's like a it's like a b um guillermo's just a great fucking writer and director and i don't know if this one's gonna like do shape of water numbers well not numbers because nobody really watched that but it did i think it did it win best picture or at least was nominated um i don't know if it's gonna be that level but it's definitely a good movie man and you know how often do we get to see like a new guillermo movie on a streaming service you already have it's definitely a wreck all right, guys, I'm watching uh, Archive 81 now. I know a couple weeks ago Jim talked about this. I'm feeling pretty excited about it. Um, 33-year-old me was a little spooked by it, watching it at night by myself. Uh, it's a little creepy. Um, but <laughs> it, it seems like a pleasant little surprise on Netflix. They seem to have a few of these every year uh, that are fun watches. Um, I don't know. So far I'm in. I'm only one episode in. I will keep you guys updated. We won't talk about it every week, but 
Maybe when I finish it, we'll check back in on if Archive 81 is worth it. Uh, just so you guys know, it's about a, a guy who fixes tape, and he is called in to do kind of a creative job or a weird, weird, mysterious job of fixing these tapes about a building that burned down. And um, I don't know, it's going to deal with the occult and a bunch of weird, creepy stuff too. So I'm, I'm excited about it. It seems like it's pretty well done. And I'm hoping uh, that it's, it's uh, the show that I need. When you get too scared of that show, flip over to HBO Max, turn on Station Eleven, and you'll be perfectly happy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Archive yeah, 81. Station Eleven is a much better better show, but I've enjoyed it as well. I did quit after three episodes. Not quit. I'm paused, okay? I'm paused on uh, Archive 81. So, Eric, you getting into this is going to get me remotivated. So I'm very Let's excited. Go. I'm going to watch it. All right. Uh, Raised by Wolf Season 2. It's out. Ryan, this is like your favorite show on TV, right? Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Not anymore. It's not, it's not that good. Um, This is... Oh. It's like... I feel like it's going to turn into like Gilligan's Island, but in space where like oh. the kid is like, mom, I made an antenna out of coconuts and dead body. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, the, the child actors are horrific. All of them. Um, but they're kind of stuck with him. Uh, this, <laughs> it's just, it's, I was hoping for much more in the first episode, but there's a lot of like random dialogue that wasn't that interesting. I'm going to go, I'm going to go two episodes, or uh, sorry, I'll go three episodes. I'll do the RB3 um, to give it the proper due, but I'm not excited to do it. Wow. That's too bad. And Andy Scott makes a TV the, show. Yeah, the only advocate of that yeah. series of on this podcast. I mean, uh, dude, Andy Scott makes a TV show for HBO. Why are we not all watching it? And is it why is it not the title belt holder? It's just such a shame. Yep. Totally but agree. I watched I watched first season and I do not plan to watch more. Okay, and uh, Ryan, the show that you are really into, the twin, the Tinder Swindler, the Tinder Swindler. It's not a show; it's a movie, <laughs> and it's on Netflix. And this is a, um, it's super popular, but I'm going to call it a not wreck because mm, not wreck. You've all seen this before. Like this is the they try and make it like this mysterious thing, and it's just a Ponzi scheme of some dude like. Borrowing money from one girl and then using that to pay for something for another girl. And it's not that interesting. And I would say everyone could just save themselves, you know, 90 minutes to whatever it is, to two hours. And don't watch it. All right. Steer clear. All right, guys. Well, here we go. I need those Gene Roddenberry vibes tonight. Yeah, this does feel a little more old school. It does. It feels old school. We're going into Live Long and Rewatch, the final part of our Star Trek rewatch. And this week we watched Star Trek Beyond. We sure did. We did. I've liked these movies. Yeah. I think with the rewatches, I'm usually pretty pleasantly surprised by the ones that maybe I wasn't as excited to watch. Um, And this is just another one of those. I've really enjoyed this. I think it's been um, quite a bit of fun. Uh, The only thing that was weird is it was... It was not on the ship enough for me. And I think that made it my least favorite of the... Oh, really? I would agree. Yeah, they were a little too trapped. Yeah, they were a little too trapped. Like, I I think that, like, the... I I don't know. I I like them being on their ship. And, like, I guess I I feel the stress I'm supposed to as the ship is always, like, blowing up and people are always, like, flying out of the ship. Dude, they Um, blow the fuck out of the ship in every movie. It's crazy. This, This time was completely destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, like no, they fucking, it's, it's a scratch. They need to rebuild. And it's that's also kind of annoying, right? That the ship gets absolutely like lambasted 
every two it it just seems silly because <clears throat> the the whole mantra of the crew is supposed to be like to seek out new worlds um you know in like a diplomatic way right we're not mm-hmm. trying to cause tension we're trying to de-escalate you know a lot of those things by just like introducing ourselves and and we want to learn from you and like that's from like the tv show yeah and these movies were like boy these people hate us but we're gonna fly there anyway and see what happens yeah. and and it just it, it it always turns bad and that's a little bit annoying uh, but i do appreciate what jj did with these original films yeah you know it, it was kind of like all right the first movie you know they they get into like a big galactic battle and it's just there was like that one kind of made sense and then the second one okay another that was klingons maybe and then the third one was like these whatever i I can't even keep them straight and I just watched them. But I do kind of wonder like what would have happened if you had done a movie in between there? Like maybe the third one, instead of being having to up the ante with a bigger war scenario, they do more of an exploration with like some mind games or some mental, it doesn't have to be as physical, you know, maybe not as big of explosions, you know, not as much destruction, not as much death, not as much of their entire crew being killed. And just see what it was like, because like it was such a talented group of people and let them do what the Star Wars or Star Trek was, which was much more like really thought provoking. And, you know, what would it be like to be, you know, scientists on this adventure instead of fucking mercenaries or literally like only using your weapons every time? So and this was just trying to up the ante from previous movies with more action scenes, more dirt bikes, um, more crazy guns more shape-shifting killer aliens, stuff like that. So, yeah. I think that what I would want from this, so they have another one coming out. We talked about that a few weeks ago. It's coming out in, like, 2023. I think what I want from this is, like, I want this Star Trek crew to make a movie, like, Prometheus. Yeah, right, okay, good, right? There you go. Yeah, They're, like, investigating a mystery, and the mystery is the part you want to know about more than, like, everything's blowing up. Right, it's, like, scientific diplomatic exploration and that's you know what's harder to write Um, an interesting mystery (laughs) it's really hard to write well and that's what people glommed onto with the original star trek movies and i know they're they're probably not great they probably don't hold up but like that was the whole thing like like khan in the second one of star wars was like this diabolical and he got the guy to explode the whole you know base and all that stuff and like Khan was a bad guy, but it was more like like mentally manipulative, and mm-hmm. it was like trying to play into the human's weakness and all that stuff. And it was much more cerebral as opposed to like we got a billion missiles, we're going to shoot at your ship and stuff. So right. um, I would completely agree if if they went to uh, Alex, uh, who's the director, Kurtzman, no. The guy that did Ex Machina and... Oh, Garland, yeah. Alex Garland. And he did like a Star Trek movie of like exploring this crazy planet with this crazy physics and all this shit. That would be awesome. Yeah. In a la, like what Eric is saying, a la the style of like Prometheus. It gets, it just gets boiled down to like, okay, here's the good guys. Here's the bad guys. Who has the bigger firepower? And, you know, that's fine. And it looked great. I didn't have a huge problem with the movie. It just was like... All right. Yep. This is we've kind of seen this one twice already. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, that's what I figured. I thought, and like, I didn't dislike it. I like the cast, but like, it seems like every single movie, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, um, Spock is going to try to sacrifice himself for everyone. 
but then Kirk is actually going to sacrifice himself more than Spock sacrificed himself. And <laughs> he's going to be so brave in the moment to try to save his crew. And then he'll survive somehow narrowly. But he was so brave and he didn't care about his own life. He only cared about his crew's life. Yeah. And he had to kill this extremely a- angry alien that... Wasn't you know, an alien. Yeah. By the way, did you guys think when they first introduced Idris Elba who, spoiler alert, was the bad guy in this one. Should be top billing big casting, um, but they kept him under, like, really, I thought, really cheesy-looking uh, makeup the whole time. Did you guys think that he was scary-looking or dumb-looking? Well, I think I that... spent the whole movie being like, why do they talk like Afro? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, think... I was thinking it was just a little bit, like, on the same, like, on the nose of, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is not playing Khan. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like JJ being like, no, 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 no. Idris Elba is, uh, you know, he's a perfectly normal dude in this movie. He's like a really great, yeah. and, you know, and only to like unveil to everyone, oh, shocked. We didn't see that coming at all. You know, yeah. It's just you guys know what I'm of- talking about though. Like, like in Star Wars, remember you had like the Asian guys. They weren't yeah. really Asian, they were alien, but they spoke like Asian guys. But they were straight like Japanese businessmen. Yeah. This yeah. was like the Gungans. Were, like- Are you talking about the Gungans of like underwater? No, no, no. The ones that were like, that was oh, worse. the trade, the trade federation, yeah. the trade federation. These one, these guys like spoke like they were like this like brutal like African tribe, and it just like right. bothered me the whole time. I was just like, ugh, it rubs me the wrong way. I know there's yeah. only so many different accents they can do, but I don't like when they like pick an accent of like a uh, like with a scary minority. to white Americans. Yeah, yeah, like a minority group trying to speak with an English accent. Like I yeah. don't like that. It really bothers me, and it kind of like was like taking me out of the movie. Um, so I thought that was a poor choice. Um, but overall, I mean, I don't want to rip this movie. I liked the show. <laughs> and I can't then they wait were, for the next movie. We just fighting. destroyed it. But. Well, but then they were fighting the race of aliens that had white face. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I overall, I, I enjoyed the whole trilogy. I liked this movie. I would give it something like a, a 74. Like I liked it, but it was, it was much worse than those two, I think. I, yeah, I would, okay. totally, I would totally agree. I think it went from like, uh, like the first film was probably like an 80. And then Into Darkness was probably like an 85. And then this last one was probably like a 67. I'm fine overall. with that. I'm not even going to share because I'm just right in there. Right in there. Okay. Um, like, yeah, we, we yeah. could be, we could debate like the nuance of like the point system, Dude, but it's pretty, it's pretty the, close. The most successful thing, they did two things really, really well. Casting was fucking crazy good. I mean, a lot of these people weren't huge stars at the time and now they've blown up to be huge stars. So great casting and they, they look amazing and they not only look amazing like the ships and the CG and the costumes, but it actually was accurate to the old shows and stuff, right? Because it is in that same universe. So they couldn't really give them crazy different phasers because old Spock was in it and he didn't have that. Right. So like they, they kept it true to the, the source material, made it look great, great casting, maybe some bad decisions as far as like, how can we make this bigger and crazier than the last one, bigger explosions. So, Hey, maybe they like write a great script for this next one. And we actually really, I mean, four could be just as easily the best or just as easily the worst. So I'm excited. We can complete our rewatch in two years. If it happens, I, I think there's only like a 30% chance this movie ever gets made, but we'll see. All right, guys, that's all the time we have this week on the Northeast Podcast. Check out our sports cast later this week. We'll talk Super Bowl. We'll talk new Vikings coach, KOC, and uh, we'll talk about the Timberwolves and their red-hot plays. Tune into that. Until then, thank you guys for listening to the Northeast Podcast.
All right, guys, on today's episode, we talk Pam and Tommy. Obi-Wan is officially dropping in May. Mandalorian Season 2.5 is on fire, and we finish our live long and rewatch with Star Trek Beyond. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> 